1: we <laughs> Welcome back to Humans of Speedway and another chance to hear the Speedway Paradise selections of one of British Speedway's most prolific promoters, Neil Machin. He presided over 649 meetings at Sheffield before then being involved in Leicester and uh, he's also the godparent of Ty Woffenden. It's a rich story. You can hear the full story in episode four of Humans of Speedway but this is the bit right at the very end where he chooses his dream meeting. The dream location, uh, the dream team, and also maybe one or two rules that he might change as well. He's got some very strong opinions on the future of British Speedway too, so sit back, relax, and enjoy the Speedway paradise of Neil Machin. But before we got involved in the nitty-gritty of his dream team and everything else, we start by looking back at what his highlights of his career were.
0: Quite a few of them, actually. In, in terms of key... Um to spend 28, to operate within the BSBA for 28 years is in itself, in my world, a, 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 an achievement. Um, um, b- bolted into that, everybody got paid as per their deal. Uh, if you ever come across anybody who tells you that I owed them a penny, then you can safely call them a liar. Um, that was always top of my um, agenda shall we say um, my team and the BSPA got paid when I didn't and that happened many many times not complaining that's how it was um, as we said earlier no one got crippled or worse um, I stayed 649 meetings um, and, um, and actually I have to say that um, a, a, a major surprise Um, going back to a few years now, five, six years, whatever, uh, I was actually voted by the referees to receive um, the Jeff Dolby Award, which is a sort of an award that's that's presented on an annual basis, Jeff Dolby being a former SCB referee who sadly died. Um, An award was left in his memory to allocate to to, uh, to a, a person who made a contribution to the industry and um, shock and uh, surprise, um, I was awarded the Jeff Dolby Award, and um, and when I looked at the the roll of honour of people whose names was on that trophy, um, I, I was I was moved. I was humbled by it um, to be recognised by you know by the SCB and its referees who voted that my name should appear on the Jeff Dolby Award. Might be something that you'd never heard of. To me, it was an, an a, tr- a tremendous achievement. Obviously, um, winning two league championships, knockout cups, all the rest of it. Um, the league championships uh, are the are, are the biggie. Um, after the league championship, you know, if you, if you can't become the league champion, then you want to win the knockout cup or the, the Young Shield or or the whatever it's called these days um but hey t- two league championships okay uh, you might say well two league championships in 22 years ain't that good a batting average <laughs> and maybe i would agree with that but hey <laughs> to win two was a hell of a lot better than anything in the the, the previous history of sheffield speedway um and um, and of course I, I had tremendous proud and achievement um, winning the first one in 99, 70 years after Sheffield first set foot in um, um, in, in as, as a speedway venue. So um, yeah, lots of achievements, lots of uh, ra- relationships with riders um, all over the planet. Um, we still, those relationships, uh, although most people are retired now, um, they um, continue, um, and um, what a journey! Uh, I have to say, uh, what a fantastic journey! And, uh, and and of course, the journey continues. Uh, I, I have no idea what happens next. What happens next year? What happens this year? Um, or the year after? Um, but what a journey! And. Um, I can only relate to the positive aspects of that journey, even though, as you can well appreciate, there was its, um, its negative uh, aspects as well, but we tend to um, focus on the more positive stuff, don't we? Well,
1: they're talking about Bradford making a comeback. Would you, would you be interested?
0: Uh, no, I'm, uh, I'm retired. I'm yesterday's man. Um, I wouldn't have the uh, enthusiasm or the energy that I had when I was 40 years old. Um, I, I have to say that um, I've been um, supporting and assisting Robbie Grant to to get into Newcastle, um, really because I see lots of attributes in Robbie Grant and his acquisition of Newcastle. Um, I see lots of attributes I, 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 it, it, um, that I had when I was this age, or, or slightly older, shall we say. Mm-hmm. So, um, no, I... Uh, I, I wish the Bradford thing luck. I know that there's going to be all sorts of issues to actually get uh, Bradford to the tapes again, as it were. I know that Tony Mole spent a, a small fortune in investigating Bradford, um, and he drew a blank. Uh, whether Steve Reese has got some different criteria, well, that remains to be seen. And of course, Steve Reese is under pressure as a stock car promoter because, um, as you know, he's lost Stoke. There are strong indications he's going to lose uh, Bellevue and um, he's looking for a venue and uh, maybe Bradford being on his doorstep is um, is something that Steve Reese is going to pursue and uh, let's see. Uh, what One yeah. thing I do know is that Bradford will not be able to exist specifically, purely on stock cars. So uh, if it's going to have a blueprint of success in any way commercially, um, they're going to need some Speedway in there at, at some level. Um, I don't know much about the, uh, the nuts and bolts of it, but I have heard the same noises about Bradford.
1: We'll keep an eye on that and it will be great if, if that could get off the ground for sure. You are listening to the Humans of Speedway podcast. I'm Ian Brannan and this... Neil, could be, well, your your final promotion then because it's time to do your Speedway Paradise. We're going to come up with your ultimate meeting and we're going to find out your one to seven of all time. Uh, we're going to find out which rule you would change, but we're going to start off by asking you, Neil, which track would we be racing this ultimate meeting of yours on? Well,
0: I'd have to say Sheffield because it is the fastest racetrack in British Speedway because... Um, because I've sort of grown up in that venue. It's probably had more investment in that venue than all the rest of the tracks in, in the industry in British Speedway. Uh, I'd have to say Sheffield. Having said that, um, the most prolific racing you will ever see um, is actually a track that Rob Wolfingham built in West Australia some, some years ago. Um, as Ty was being a young bloke doing his first laps, um, and Pinjar Park is creates what what I would suggest is speedway for the connoisseur, and um, very very different the two the two venues I mentioned. Sheffield being the fastest track in British speedway. Um, Pinjar Park, uh, well, it, I don't think it had even qualify to be in British Speedway because it's a very, very small Costa Mesa type venue. Um, but entertaining uh, the paying public and giving them close, uh, exciting racing that they understand, uh, really, uh, I suppose, was always uh, my objective.
1: So not a huge surprise then. The event's going to be at Sheffield, of course. Where else for Neil Machin? Um, what about your all-time one to seven then, Neil? I know that you've given it some great thought already.
0: Well, I have, and and people will say, well, it's easy to pick a team full of of, um, of um, former world champions, and you'd be absolutely right. I'll just <laughs> run through them very very briefly. Go on, then. Obviously, my uh, my list would have to start with Ty Woffin, and the most successful British Speedway rider in the history, and he's my godson, <laughs> so <laughs> I course. think I have to be allowed that that uh, indiscretion, shall we say? Bruce Pennell, the the consummate uh, uh, well, the pinup boy, you know, he got it all. We we failed to maximise the effect of having Pennell uh, in British League but hey, what colour and, and profile did he bring to the industry? I think he's probably the only speedway rider in ever to receive telegrams from the president of the US uh, on becoming world champion. Ivan majored after being that, that, um, that identified in that list. Um, total professional. What a fantastic character to deal with. Um, obviously, uh, he always knew his value He brought sponsors and corporates into into World Speedway and um, who could ever create a list of this kind without including the Great Ivan Major. Uh, I have Greg Bartlett and Roman Matusek on my list because Greg Bartlett was the unfulfilled um, um, potential. Uh, He rode in Bridge League for two years. He could have gone all the way. I spent lots of time with Greg. He's an engine tuner, uh, Is a very, very solid, reliable character. And he could have gone all the way in World Speedway, but hey, um, that didn't happen. Um, but in terms of prolific from zero to hero in two years, um, not many riders will, will come in as a novice and the following year be taking uh, Samuel Molenko from behind at Sheffields. Uh, that was Greg's potential. Rum sex said my bacon. Uh, he was the entertainer. Uh, he was the uh, the, the, the villain uh, in general terms. He was considered by many people to be the villain. But he entertained my public. And once we, uh, if we get ever get away from entertaining our patrons, then we are in trouble. Uh, Peter Collins would have to be on my list because um, Peter uh, became world champion in '76, um, and uh, Peter was always box office. If you'd got him uh, in a meeting anywhere in in, in his heyday, uh, he would he would swell the crowd. Um, and of course, how could I um, not include Greg Hancock because um, Greg has Really uh, rewritten the record books with every time he threw his leg over a bike in the last uh, couple of seasons. Anyway, um, turned fifty the other day. Did Greg? Uh, known him since he was a, a, a probably a sixteen or seventeen year old. Go back a long way. Tremendous respect for Greg. Uh, what a fantastic uh, profile for for World Speedway. Um, And, of course, all of these people on my list have a... uh, You may say, well, it's obvious that you're going to include people who've got 16 world championships between them, which I I have done. Um, But commercially, good business. Speedway is a business. And the people who think it's a Saturday night toy, think again, get into promoting Speedway and get into growing the business
1: so a lineup of all stars at sheffield for your ultimate meeting but now here's the exciting one for you neil we'll give you the rule book which rule is the one that you're going to change
0: well actually there are
1: two <laughs> go on then i'll let you have two off you go
0: gardening at the start is an embarrassment to the industry uh and could very very easily uh be stopped and if you were to draw a line three meters back from the start line and nobody moves into that line uh, prior to being under starter's orders, then you'd stop all that gardening, getting off bikes, kicking shale. It's all an embarrassment to me, and I think it is to our paying public. Okay. Uh, and and I think and I think it's a pretty easy fix if we were serious about it. And um, I think it should be compulsory for every team in British Speedway um to wear the corporate gear and if a sponsor's put in two quid or two grand or 20 grand doesn't matter Uh, every team should have its identity and should be dialed in totally to who uh who their sponsor's identity is and it should be uh within every contract and it should be compulsory and it might just give us a more professional uh outlook to the outside world
1: yeah it's a very good point because i think you know the teams that do all match the polish teams for example do it don't they and it does look great well not just teams
0: i mean obviously team members become the focal point but dressing your track staff projecting your sponsor's identity through your you know we've all got 30 track staff or 25 track staff or something what a fantastic opportunity we have to project our sponsor's identity very few tracks do that. You can't tell the track staff from the, you know, from the from the uh, paying public. So I just think that we ought to sharpen up lots of those. And and you know, we're talking about presentation aspects here. Um, the one thing that disappoints me in Speedway, in general terms, is the presentation. Um, you look at any Grand Prix, wherever it is. Uh the presentation is superb, it's something that's obviously had some investment. And you look at most of the domestic presentation, and it's pretty tosh. Uh desperately needs some present some, some investment and definitely needs a fresh pair of eyes to actually bring it up to where are we? 2020. Let's get into 2021 and stop uh stop messing around as though we're in the mid-70s, eh?
1: Neil Machin and his Speedway Paradise, he's always such a good speaker and he speaks so well all about Speedway, so passionate and so enthusiastic and if you've not listened to the full Neil Machin episode yet, there's a full hour and a half of Neil's wit and wisdom uh, and it's episode 4 of Humans of Speedway from June earlier in uh, 2020 and through that he talks all about discovering Speedway because his story is quite fascinating because he's one of the few that Yeah. Uh, that I've spoken to that didn't really have family links with Speedway. He was introduced to it by a friend and obviously got very much involved in it. Then, not before long, being uh, Rob Woffenden's mechanic and then taking over Sheffield. And it's a fascinating story. Check it out for yourself at some point uh, when you get chance, of course. And another new episode of Humans of Speedway to come in the next seven days. It will be with Kelvin Tatum. And you're in for a treat there. And plus, he'll be choosing his Speedway paradise and building his own dream meeting as well. So, find out what Kelvin would pick in that next episode in the series coming soon on Humans of Speedway Sports Social Podcast Network
0: With lucky landslots you can get lucky just about anywhere
1: Dearly beloved we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the
0: bride and groom?
1: Sorry sorry we're here we were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time (gasps)